1: There's a part of me, and I, I I hate to be. I feel like I'm the the jealous sister because I, I do. I'm genuinely rooting for Buffalo. I'm I'm I think I'm rooting for Detroit in the NFC. Um, in a weird way, I can't be disappointed if Baker makes it to an a, a NFC title game. Like there there actually are a, a few teams I'm rooting for, but like Buffalo, I think I'd be happiest to, if if Buffalo ended up making it to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl because it's just. I'll never forget that, I'll never forget 2016. And we got really close to having two titles in one year. I'll never forget that entire thing. And, you know, like when the Lakers win another title, I I, I, I detest it. When Boston wins another title or or the Patriots win another title, uh, it makes me cringe, hate it, seen it, don't care anymore. Um, But when a team wins a title for the first time, like with the Bucs with Giannis three years ago, and it, granted, that was the first time in 50 years. They had won the one with Kareem and, and uh, Oscar back in 71. But, like, it's just, just special. That being said, everything he said about Buffalo on why not this year because of the flux status of the AFC, it's totally what you could say about the Browns this year had they just been able to get past Houston. Golly. What, what an absolute just lame duck we were it's so funny because this whole week like i know people are upset at the way that that game went do you think
2: that there are people that are so upset about that game nick
1: that this weekend they're just gonna
2: like not they're gonna like watch netflix instead of watching any of these games
1: i think yeah i mean because i think i think there are several people like i i didn't watch the game after on saturday night after the browns uh, Texas yeah, game? It, I, I hate watched it. It was it was too soon. I, I got back on board for Sunday and obviously Monday, but like right. that day, so like if people are out there like, you know what? We're gonna be snowed in. It's gonna be me, Frosty, and Netflix and Chill. Like, I I kind of get it. I don't think I can, hate, but I'll be honest with you, we're gonna I'm gonna be watching this weekend thinking, you tell me the Browns couldn't hang with these guys? and i just i i know that i feel like i sound like like uh like a bitter pill like either rg3 or jake Gruden sound on social media right now but like it is it's just how i feel man like i i think so much of the delayed reaction it's how I feel man so much of the delayed re- reaction from the browns texans was i think just shock like cuz we we weren't going to call for kevin's fans to get fired after what he did we're you know, Andrew Berry built a hell of a roster. You weren't we weren't gonna besmirch Joe Flacco. We're not gonna go after the entire defensive roster. Like a team that won together all year, lost together in the playoffs. So there was no outlet. Like in the World Series, it was Michael Bleep and Martinez. I cursed that man for a week afterwards. In the twenty fifteen um NBA playoffs, it was Kelly O'Linick, that long haired hippie freak. For for tearing uh, Kevin Love's shoulder out of his socket, yeah, that, we didn't. That, who's that the did
2: cost me a parlay the other night?
1: Kelly Olynyk. I want to kill him. He continues to bite he's people not, in the booty. He's not good enough at basketball to still be in the league. It's he's seven foot tall and can shoot a three pointer. That's
3: all ba- you need. Barely.
1: Well, yeah, but but the point is, it's like a lefty that can throw ninety versus a righty that can throw ninety in baseball. You're gonna have a you have a job. Although ninety is no longer okay, a lefty that can throw ninety three versus a righty who can throw ninety three. He wears like a hair tie that my daughter wears. I mean, is it is that not good? It just looks weird. He he's a he is an odd looking. He, he's guy. an
2: odd looking duck, dude. Like
1: he's like a like a bad. Like, he's like he's if a you, villain too. If you tried to three D print Steven Adams, but you didn't have all the right ingredients, right? Because he's not as tough. He's not as good of a basketball player. He's not as funny. But he kind of, if you squint and kind of ignore how much he's not like Stephen Adams, he could kind of convince yourself that's kind of like Stephen Adams. It's not bad. Are you looking up Stephen Adams right now? I mean, it's, just, it's... I think I just lost Dustin. Stephen Adams from Wish. Is Kelly
2: Olenek like the submersible?
1: <laughs>
2: oh. Oh. It's like, like a cheaper version of a submarine? Yes.
1: Yes. He is. I don't know why my mind went there. I don't know, but it, I, I I am I am a sicko. In fairness, you own it. Fairness I've been it. up since three AM. That is also fair. Am um, I
2: sick, by the way, for setting an alarm to wake up for a tennis match? Yes.
1: Why? No, you don't get to know. That's you didn't ask for an explanation. You just asked. Am I asked a the question
2: then I wanted you to show your work.
1: Uh, no, that's I, I had. I known there was a follow up. I would not have elaborated. I would have just said. You didn't I elaborate I at all. You just said yes. Well, okay, but I answered. Maybe that's a better way. You wouldn't wake up in the middle of the night for a sporting event you really wanted to see, Nick. I don't think there's any. I, I, oh, yes, there is. Maybe an NFL game. I mean, maybe maybe a Browns nothing Browns that's game. going on like right now. But maybe a Browns game. What, what if but the Browns I'd be were the playing.
2: If the Browns are playing a game, it's the uh, the Japanese series. What? I know. I'm trying to figure out t- the time
1: frame here. I know. Why did you laugh about guess, that? Because the branding. It's the it's the Browns versus the Bengals in the Japanese series. You know they used to do that. Like my uncle
2: played in the Japanese Japanese game way back in the day. That's a real thing. I did it, not it know. It was a real thing, dude.
1: I feel like I learned something today. Like in the 70s, they used to play games like over in Japan all They the time. didn't call it the Japanese series, though, did they? Maybe. I, I, again, I'm not saying I don't like it. Just give it a chance to to grow on it. I mean, the NFL would never put them in a window like that, though. Uh, I mean, they put them at 9 a.m. on a Sunday when most people are in church. So I would imagine the NFL they, yeah, has a never
3: to... They would never do something at 2, 3 a.m.
1: I, never. I think you just found the one league that you could say would never, and they most they, certainly they would. would never do it. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? The NFL no, I'm not could, kidding you. They the would NFL, never it. The NFL could put the Super Bowl at 3 a.m. on a Sunday, and they would still have the exact same amount uh, of viewers. No. A hundred percent. Don't, stay up you, for don't you remember Year's.
2: that game they played? Was it like the Yankees and the Blue Jays they played? I think it was in Japan. And it was like the,
1: the regular season opener. They do that pretty much every year now.
2: I know, but the game was at 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah. If you were a Yankees fan, you wouldn't wake up for that?
1: No. I, I personally think road openers are weak and I understand you have to have it. Half the league's gonna open on the road. This is not about the opener.
2: I'm just saying it's a game of your team playing in the middle of the night.
1: No, I can't no.
2: What okay, well let's go one step further. Let's say that you uh because I know how much money you make because you're you're uh, you're loaded. That's but fair. Let's say you people and people say and the Nick kids. Wilson's got a lot of money. That's you I mean. you and Ness and the kids are uh you're overseas. Let's say you're let's say you're in Australia. Okay. And you uh, very specific and you want to watch a Browns game. But that game's going to be in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. What are you doing?
1: Uh, How long am I in Australia for?
2: I mean, you're not going to Australia for
1: less than 10 days. Okay. Um, How long have I been there when the game... Why so many questions? Um... Why you wait so long? (laughs) Well, why so many questions? Because the details matter. If, if I've just been, if I'm jet lagged and it's one day in, there's not a chance I mean, in really, hell.
2: You're really getting into to some, some to weed, the weeds. The weeds here. Yeah, yeah,
1: because that's what matters. If I'm there for 24 hours and there's a game and I'm still catching up on sleep, I'm sorry, Browns. I'll catch up with uh, what happened on the papers. I'll watch it when I get back. If it's two days before I leave, damn sure not doing I mean, it. You
2: and Peter Lynn value your sleep more than anybody I've known.
1: Yes. Yes, I do.
2: Dude, I, I slept four hours last night. That's not good. No, I feel great. Well, not if
3: it's every night, but I, you can do it every is
2: So my sleep schedule in January is very erratic mm-hmm. because depending on what match is going to be played in the middle of the night, I'm going to make sure I set my alarm to, to get up and watch it. Mm-hmm. Like this morning, I wanted to watch the Shelton Manarino match.
1: Oh man, I was it just was, and it was a five setter. These
2: guys played for almost
1: five hours. I was just reading a New York Times article, which now I can't find. Yeah, was it about arena No. It's it was about the importance of consistent sleep schedule. So enjoy your four hours of sleep. I'm gonna live forever. I'm I'm going to be yeah, three, not until you lose some weight. I'm gonna be three hundred fifty pounds and I'm gonna live to be ninety simply because i have a consistent. I'm sorry. I am fat. Sleep it's okay. and coffee. Yeah. Sleep, coffee, and bacon. ranch dressing. The the coffee that he told us you never drink. Bang. No, this is not coffee. This is uh throat coat. Okay, but the last that? how many weeks you've been drinking coffee? Months, actually.
2: What, do you, what do you use that throat coat for?
1: Uh, to, to coat my throat.
2: Can I can I coat my throat?
1: You can. You want one? I'm going to chuck one Can over. you
2: make one? No, I don't know how to make it. It's tea. I've never made tea.
1: You just put hot water and put the packet yeah. in. <laughs> can you do it for me? This feels like a it's like a, a servant thing. Is this is this like... A servant thing? I just bought you a, a, a butcher knife. See, now it's turning into quid pro quo, and this is how, this is very dicey is what I'm saying. Respectfully. I mean, I'll do it. You're like the kids now. Respectfully. Yeah, respectfully. Well, because c- you right. have to. When you say
2: something and you add respectfully now, it basically means, hey, man, you know, uh, bleep you.
1: Yeah, so respectfully. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's tea. You've never made tea before?
2: Can you make me some?
1: You know what? It takes a lot of work. And it's gonna take me some time. I don't know. To, I wouldn't know what to do. But I do. You understand how
2: inept I am at most normal things in daily like life? I mean,
1: we're getting a pretty good picture of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not. We're not shaming you. But I could literally just describe it to you. Doug Maurice of Kings of the North on YouTube, college football and Ohio State coverage galore. Uh, his thoughts, uh, a little smattering, a little. A little sampling rather his thoughts on the Ohio State hire Bill O'Brien as OC and quarterbacks coach and to talk about that hire the temperature of things in Columbus and more we head out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline and welcome on the man the myth the legend himself Doug Maurice. what's up buddy
3: Hey, guys, I was like, man, that guy's making great points. Then it was me. Yeah. So thanks for having me.
1: I never have have that. Usually when I (laughs) hear myself, I'm like, God, that guy's an idiot. No one would want to listen to him. And you know what? Uh, The evidence is out on that one.
3: Yeah. No, I love the sound of my own voice. It's a a curse.
1: (laughs) So um, I guess I know where you're going to go with this. Thoughts on the Bill O'Brien hire?
3: Yeah. So like two pieces, right? One is what do you think of Bill O'Brien, the experience that he has, NFL head coach, Big Ten head coach? Working for Belichick and Nick Saban certainly feels like, compared to some of the other hires that they've made, right, that this guy's got a resume. Now, do you think he was the best guy? Do you think he got the most out of the Alabama offense? You know, I think some people are a little too focused on that. The resume is really good, though. And then the other part of it is like Ryan Day not having, not making himself, not letting himself call plays anymore. And I actually think that's the more important part. We need to see Ryan Day, the full head coach, what that looks like. You know he's got to come out swinging in every possible way this year after three straight losses to Michigan, and that includes allowing himself to focus on culture, motivation, in-game strategy, and not having to worry about you know offensive game planning all week and offensive play calling on the sideline. And so he had to get somebody, and that's the most important thing: make a hire to free yourself up.
2: You know this hire is, is obviously it's a kind of a splashy hire. He's a big name, obviously, when when it comes to you know coaches around the league. I guess the question is, how much is the hiring of Bill O'Brien to try and put him with the quarterback? Like we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be next year. Yeah,
3: I mean, well, got... we do. It will be shocking if it's not Will Howard. You think yeah. so? Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, is, is 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 this a good fit with Will Howard? What do we expect the offense to look like?
3: Yeah, so it's one of those things where I mean, you're talking about Corey Dennis as the previous quarterback's coach, just had never been a full-time assistant before, did not play quarterback. That experience compared to Bill O'Brien is night and day. But Ryan Day has always been very intimately involved with the starting quarterback. I've always sort of, sort of been like he's the starting quarterback's coach and, and maybe Corey Dennis handled the rest of the room. I think Ryan Day will continue to be involved with the starting quarterback. Now, of course, that's going to matter for Bill O'Brien. Will Howard, really good in the designed run game not as polished as a passer, as a guy like C.J. Stroud, right? So they have to work to his strength. But, uh, you know, getting an experienced guy in that quarterback's room, huge. But you bring in a guy like Air Noland as a true freshman who's a high recruit, Bill O'Brien's experience there is really going to help. But obviously I do think Ryan Day can – Ryan Day has to stop worrying about every single ide- part of the play calling. But I think he will stay involved with a strong relationship with the starting quarterback, but they have, they have some work to do to make Will Howard fit this, this style of OSU offense.
1: So Doug, we, we know some of the other names that were alleged to have been in it. Liam Cohen, who's at, at Kentucky, uh, Jason candle, the, uh, the the Toledo head coach. There were a couple other names out there as well. Was, was Bill O'Brien the guy? Is this, is this where this was meant to be? Or is this, you know, is how, how in depth has this process been?
3: Yeah, so it felt like as the rumor mill was circulating that it was like, it's an NFL guy, it's an NFL guy, and it's like, what's holding it up? And like the idea of Bill Belichick being moved out and what's going to happen with the rest of the staff, it makes sense that, that maybe it was O'Brien all along, and they just had to see what was going to happen with that in New England. And like, I'm joking about this, but not all. also kind of not joking, Ryan Day loves the Patriots. Ryan Day, the first time the Patriots made a Super Bowl with Tom Brady, was like a, a young man and piled in a car with his buddy and drove to the Super Bowl. Ryan Day grew up watching the Patriots on Sundays. Like, Ryan Day is attached to the Patriots. So, like, that, I think that would be natural for him. Like, I'm sure, I think he watches the Patriots for fun. I think he thinks Bill Belichick's a genius. So, he's a New England guy. I, not, that's not why he did it. But I think he's probably very aware of how the Patriots do business. So I think in, in multiple ways, head coach experience, and I do think he, he's running an NFL system at Ohio State, so I think an NFL guy makes sense for him too. I do think O'Brien probably was at the top of the list from the start and checks almost all the boxes.
1: Doug, obviously this doesn't just mean Bill O'Brien, uh, the uh, the four-star recruit from Alabama uh, for the 2024 class the the quarterback uh he's already in the portal uh word is uh, sorry the speculation is he's on his way to Columbus that might obviously impact a room that has air Nolan who is the the kind of one of the pieces the crown jewels of this class um I'm just curious how this could shake up the quarterback picture because it it seemed like from will Howard to Aaron Nolan that was going to be the succession plan and that 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 looks like it could be disrupted right now
3: so I'm going to lean on the expertise of my colleague jeremy birmingham who's who's always tapped into this kind of thing, and we were talking he was talking to the you know our followers at at z podcast that he's not so sure about that if the Julian sand thing is really going to work out because I do think the idea of could you have a world where true freshman Julian Sand and true freshman Aaron Nolan are both at Ohio State, and that's just like really difficult to imagine and Aaron Nolan's been your guy from the you know not quite the jump because they originally had the Dylan Raiola commitment, but Aaron Nolan's been committed to the Buckeyes for a long time. And do you want to be in that business? Do you want to be in the business of, hey, thanks for being committed to us for a year, but this other guy came available, so we're going to take him and, like, sorry, like, you can stay, but, you know, I don't know about that. And, like, there's a lot to like about Air Nolan. And so I would pump the brakes a little bit on the Julian Sand stuff. Talented dude. But I do think there's there's things you've got to take into consideration with the overall picture of your program, your culture, um, you, you know, future recruiting, your commitment to guys. So, Air Nolan's been locked into Columbus for a while. It would be it would be hard to put him in a spot like that.
2: You know, with with this uh, with, with Judkins coming in here in mm-hmm. in the running back room, it's it's, it's stacked. Um, how how do we divvy up the carries? I mean, is, is there enough footballs to go around?
3: Yeah, so, like, I was looking at the numbers. Uh, Quinshawn Judkin got, like, 75% of the snaps at Old Miss last year. And when he was healthy for Ohio State, Trayvon Henderson was getting, like, 65% of the snaps, right? So, like, 75 plus 65, that's more than 100. So they're both going to have to take a, a role that's reduced compared to what they were used to. But I think in this day and age, the wear and tear, you want to keep yourself healthy and fresh for the NFL, they both signed on for this. Uh, You know, I don't think Judkins came here expecting Trevion Henderson to leave. And Trevion Henderson knew Quintron Judkins was here when he turned down the NFL. So I do think I would expect, with Will Howard in there as a runner as well, running more. I think Ohio State will run more next year. And I think you look at, like, the Georgia model. And I'm going back. We've talked about, like, the Georgia model a lot around Ohio State. They always have multiple backs. And I went back to Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. They were, like, each on the field for, like, 47% of the time when they were there together. One was a first-round pick, one was an early second-round pick, and, like, it worked. So I think that's kind of your formula, and I think Ohio State will be happy to get to that point, and it seems like both guys are on board for it.
1: So I know we've talked a lot about Bill O'Brien, but they still have a need for a special teams coach. Um, You know, there've always kind of been whisperings that maybe there could be more moves if you do hire a play caller and, you know, an offensive coordinator. So I'm curious, like, is it just we're looking for a special teams coordinator or could there be more staff changes, especially on the offensive side of the ball?
3: Yeah, I think no special teams coach. I think they're going to go back to divvying that up and not having a a fully focused special teams coach. Wouldn't be a shock if tight ends coach Keenan Bailey takes that duty on so they have nine employed assistants right now. They have the one opening from Parker Fleming being fired, the former special teams coach. I think we think most people think that's going to be another defensive coach. Whether that could be like an a, like an assistant defensive line coach, there had been some talk of promoting James Laurinaitis to a full assistant. I don't doesn't seem like maybe that's going to happen yet. I think James will be a full time at Ohio, assist, Ohio State assistant one day, but they need to balance out the staff. And so you know they've been a world where, in a world where they only had four full-time defensive assistants, and the head coach is an offensive guy. So I think they need five on offense, five on defense, and so I think there's a defensive hire to be made. And then could there still be any more shakeups on the offensive side, like if Bill O'Brien has some power there? I guess that's possible, but it's also might be the case they just have one more defensive hire, and then they're locked in.
2: Jim Harbaugh in Michigan just wins a national title. Mm. A lot of speculation about whether he stays, whether
0: he goes. What's your. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. got telling you.
3: Yeah, I mean, he came back and he did what he set out to do, which is restore Michigan's prominence in college football. Like, he accomplished the goal. and And, and after 2020, it looked like, he was going to have to sort of leave without having accomplished that goal. So, where could you go from here? And you know, I am not an expert on Jim Harbaugh, but I mean they're going to build a, there's going to be a Harbaugh statue on campus. There're going to be Harbaugh buildings on campus. He I think he's on the Mount Rushmore of of great Michigan football men. Like what else could he do? And maybe he wants to go, you know, win a Super Bowl. So, I think it I think if it works out, it makes sense. I think Sharon Moore would be the guy, should be the guy to take over. I think Michigan's not going anywhere. It certainly would be a blow. They're losing, like, so many great players to the NFL. But I will, at this point, be surprised if he's back because, I mean, he he would be going out on top. And, by the way, the NCAA might be knocking on his door.
1: Doug Maurice on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So, big picture. You know, it's funny, like, Every step of the way, there's been a class of Buckeye fans not satisfied with what has happened uh, from returning all these, you know, uh, experienced starters on the defensive side of the ball and Travion and Emeka Abuka to the staff changes to just about anything, to to the Cotton Bowl. Anything good or bad was, was really regardless to how they were feeling. So I, to kind of answer to those people, do you think that everything that's happened since losing to Michigan, all the changes – is this all because Ohio State lost to Michigan this year? And if Michigan had, or if Ohio State had won, we would not have seen this kind of turnover.
3: Yes, line in the sand, right? You can't. One Michigan loss is maybe a blip. Two is like, okay, well, look at three's a trend, brother. Like that's it. Like it's not working. Like you've got to do something. Line in the sand moment. So they're more aggressive in the transfer portal than they have ever been. They're more aggressive, I think, with NIL money being used to keep some of these guys from going to the NFL, as more or as aggressive as it's ever been, and then aggressive and coaching staff changes that absolutely needed to be made. Some of the guys who weren't coming back, I thought should have been fired two years ago, and they weren't, but now they are. So, like, you can't lose to Michigan four times in a row, so you've got to go down swinging. I thought Ryan Day should have given up play calling last year, but I think with the people there, he wasn't ready to do it. Now he knew he had to do it. So everything that was a maybe, when you lose to Michigan for the third straight time, becomes a must. And they've addressed that. It's not the same Ohio State. I think they've changed in almost every way possible. And you know, we have, we have people that, that, that subscribe to our podcast. I, I asked them to rate the off season for Ohio State, scale of one to 10, right? 10 is great, one is terrible. They're at a nine, so the fans see it, and I think they're excited. You know, considering the season ended, Michigan and the bowl loss as bad as it could end, I think since then everybody's really excited about what the Buckeyes have done.
1: All right, so there's one move, and it's not that I don't like it; it's that these moves are are tough to tell whether they're good or not. Um, the Ohio State did name the successor to Gene Smith; it was uh, Ross Bjork of Texas A&M. And yep. the concerning thing is it it does seem like every time he's left somewhere people are pretty excited that he is uh he has left that's that's right. not usually the thing with ads I'm just curious how how did he come to be the guy and and why was he
3: the guy so it feels like the new president Ted Carter who's only been on the job since January 1 is pretty aggressive and he's an outsider he doesn't have Ohio roots he doesn't have Ohio State roots. And as an outsider, I think he hired an outsider. You know, there were candidates, Pat Chun from Washington State, who had worked at Ohio State, gone to Ohio State, grew up in Ohio. He would have been sort of like the next in line, continuing a lot of the Gene Smith stuff, which has been great in many ways. This to me feels like a clean break. It feels like progressive for the new era where you're going to end up paying players, where You may realign even further where you may have a break off of the the highest revenue schools kind of into their own tier. That world, it feels like the president of Ohio State wanted an AD who would lean into that world. And for good and for bad, Gene Smith was a little more reluctant there. Gene Smith didn't want to pay players, right? And I'm not saying there's, there's right or wrong. That's the disagreement in college sports. This is a break. And so... It depends of whether you wanted more of the same, which was good. Look where Ohio State is. It was good. Or do you want a little something different? There's no doubt this is different. And more of the same was an option. But the president made a decision of, like, they want Ohio State to lead into the future and the sport's changing, man, whether you like it or not. And I think Ohio State now wants to be at the front of that conversation, no, no dragging their feet at all.
1: Follow this man on X. X. At Doug Les Maurice. Uh we only give that extended X for you fella. Uh thanks, Doug, thanks. tremendous stuff as always, man. Really do appreciate you. Love the uh love the show, Kings of the North. Uh keep killing it, buddy. All
3: right. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Doug.
1: Doug Les Maurice, gentlemen about town, Kings of the North on YouTube from the NFL. Uh it has been one of the more uh widely speculated and contested jobs. In the NFL and it is now closed. Antonio Pierce is the new head coach full time in uh, no more interim in Las Vegas and this is part Mark Davis learning his uh, his lesson from what happened uh, with Rich Bisaccia only to turn around and hire Josh McDaniels and I also think I I think they went five and four with Antonio Pierce after blowing up the uh, the Josh McDaniels failure. I don't see how you could have not given this guy a chance. I kind of, I, I think he's done a good job. My, my question is
2: I'm always leery of interim coaches who are young, who, you know, it happened here with Greg Williams and mm-hmm. happened with Freddie kitchens. Like you, you, get bought in the team likes change because they obviously they're fed up with the, the old coach. And so, whether it be a short period of time or, like, eight games, like with Greg Williams or whatever it was. Like, teams
1: sometimes can get be galvanized, but it's just for that season. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think that's – I think it's a fair criticism. I would also say I don't think we put the full-time head coaching hires that happen under the same scrutiny that we do interim coaches. It's almost like being an interim coach excludes you from – the the right to get the job which makes sense if a guy gets an interim job and goes 1 and 8 totally makes sense but like the raiders were dead in the water i mean the raiders were in the running for the number 1 pick the raiders had no quarterback they had guys revolting there was the chandler jones situation which i don't think anybody still understands what the hell happened there and to 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 get into the playoff hunt for that like I actually I think more teams need to consider giving serious credence to the interim coach. And 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 honestly, the biggest mistake the Browns made was just not giving Greg Williams the job. And I think everybody in Cleveland understands why Greg Williams didn't get the job. Greg is Greg. Um but I'll I'll tell you, I don't think the next year would have been as, as big of a disaster if Greg Williams was your head coach. Probably, and, probably not, but I just
2: don't know if Greg would have been the great coach long term. Now listen, he could have hired a great staff and I think Greg would have done a great job. He's a defensive coach. I, I said this the other day with JP. I'm a big proponent of defensive head coaches over offensive guys because I want the offensive coaches um, I, I don't want my offensive head coach to call plays.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, looking to Columbus, I think that is what you know. every, every Ohio State fan that hated the Bill O'Brien hire and I, I you know, the name had been out there for a while. Um, even though there were kind of. I don't want to say sexier. But I think younger names. Like Jason Candle of Toledo. Um, who is, I mean he was linked to the uh, Miami job a couple years ago. Like this kind of been a thing. That he's kind of been out there as a potential candidate. To leave being the head coach of Toledo. And be an offensive coordinator somewhere. Akin to what Sean Lewis did. At Kent to go into Colorado this last year. But Liam Cohen of Kentucky. Um, but everybody focused and hyper-focused on the name Bill O'Brien that I think they missed the biggest takeaway. And it sounds like Doug agreed with me that Ryan Day agreed like, all right, I I don't know that being the offensive coordinator is holding me back or holding us back, but we got to give this a try to try and make sure that I can be the CEO, the best CEO possible. And like, it's funny because like I, I felt the same way about the Kevin Stefanski conversation. I don't have the qualms with Kevin as a play caller that I've, a lot of other people in Cleveland do. But to me, it's less, is he a good play caller? And it's and it's more, does him as a play caller hold him as a head coach back? Can you really be, and this is kind of what I think you're getting at, can you really be in every single moment making every single decision across all three phases of the game if you're thinking about the next set of plays, if you're thinking about the next run, right? And so I think I think Ryan Day, whether he was coerced to do this, whether he was told to do this, or whether it was his decision, I think I think this is a sign of this dude saying, you know what, we gotta change the tone here, and this is the best way. This and honestly, I think if it looks to the locker room, I would imagine this looks like, oh, coach is giving up something that he has cared about and clearly valued that he's gotten to do. I, man, I guess he's taking a hit too. How big of a hit do you think he's taking? I mean, I think a coach either stripping himself or being stripped of the play calling, I think it's one of the most significant things because everybody wants to be Andy Reid. They're, yeah, but what if what if it's it's not you being stripped of it? You're
2: just saying, I think I can do a better job being a head coach because now that I've done this for five years or whatever it's been. I feel more comfortable
1: being able to now divvy up my responsibilities. Well, no, I, I I agree though. Like I I think I think everybody wants to be Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay, like the sexiest thing you can be is an offensive-minded head coach that can call his own game, right? And so there is a bit of I don't want to say career risk cuz Ryan Day would get another job tomorrow if this didn't work out. But I do think there's a. I think there is an element of you're giving up something, even if it's on your terms, that you that you have felt it's almost like your whooby, it's like your security blanket, and so if it I is, it. I love a good whooby, man. I have this weighted blanket. Man, this I, I miss whoobies. My my grown ass whooby. It's awesome. It knocked me out the last couple of days. But, I mean, I I think I think it's even more powerful if he's the guy doing it. And I just think, like, I, I think the last two weeks has completely reclaimed the narrative in Columbus. I, I think I think two weeks ago, you had a lot more people agreeing with Anthony Lima than me about the sky is falling and fire Ryan Day and fire him now, don't wait. Um, and by the way, I think in the end, the middle ground between where Lima and I were on this is actually really where it ended up landing because we were kind of both hardlining in our own way. Yeah. But like, I think between the transfer portal and the guys you've got, I think the coaching changes to the staff, I think just overall putting a, a bow on recruiting class, you know, you know what your quarterback room's going to look like now. I think all of this has, instead of giving everybody what they wanted in November, you got what you wanted, but you did it without panicking or, or destabilizing the program. And I again, I think that goes, kudos to Ryan Day for doing it in a way that was smart and calculated over two months instead of doing it in one fell swoop.
2: I'm excited. I got a lot of people on my timeline saying this is a bad hire, blah, blah, blah. I kind of like it, man.
1: I. Why do you think people, is it just, is it simple? He just had. I think it's his butt chin. That could be it.